Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tricks and Picks, uh, episode 14, I think it is. Uh, I'm back with a recurring guest, Liam. Liam, how are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having well, me. Whoever you are, you're having a better week than Adam Schefter. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, of course, the we had that really tragic passing of Dwayne Haskins um, by on a, a hit by a, a truck mm-hmm. in uh, Miami. And Adam Schefter got a lot of heat for it. I don't know if we're going to spend too much time on this because the story's a little bit old now, but I already prepared it. Um, and Adam Schefter basically gave a very backhand, gave, gave a very Francesca-esque backhanded eulogy to uh, Dwayne Haskins by mentioning how bad he was, mentioning how bad he was, uh, how uh, much he struggled in the NFL. Mm. Uh, I, I don't think it was... To be fair, I, I will say, I don't think it was intentional. Like, I don't think he was trying to, like, be a jerk. I just think that Adam Sheffer is just so football obsessed that he couldn't help himself but, like, mention his struggles in the NFL, after, like, when giving a eulogy, basically. Correct. He doesn't, he doesn't see, uh, like, human elements of anything. Like, he just sees, like, a football retweets. Yeah, pretty much. And then, like, obviously, he took like, – like, I do think he's genuinely sorry and didn't, like, mean it. But Schefter, all he ever does is just have blunders on Twitter. And when you have, like, right. what, 9 million followers that he has or something like that, millions and millions of followers, mm-hmm. and you're in that level of – and you're in that type of position, like, he doesn't even have, like, a PR team, anybody, even a friend who could tell him, okay, maybe you shouldn't say that. Right, and, and- – well, he also, I mean, I think that he caught a lot of heat for um, sort of breaking the Brady retirement um, when sort of no one else had the story. And then Brady, a lot of people thought Brady should have broke it himself. And then obviously it sort of turned into not a retirement. But uh, so he already had By the way, that. I think that's kind of bullshit, too. I don't see why Brady has to break his own retirement uh, story. Um, well, when you when you're the when when you have the most champ, you have, you have more championships solo than any team in the history of the NFL. I think that... Uh, you sort of have the right to do your own thing, but and also the the obviously the Brady retirement was sort of a a bluff. Um, of course, it was. So, he wanted Bruce Arians going. That's probably what happened. Right, but but so that's more reason why Brady would be upset that Schefter broke it because he might have not. We don't even know if Brady would have retired if that he might have still it's, negotiated. Maybe, maybe it's true. Maybe that since Schefter got that story and reported it. Brady was like, I can't use this as a bargaining chip anymore. Therefore, I'm just going to retire. And with clearly with the intention of possibly coming back, which we all kind of knew on some level. Right. Like everybody in the media was talking about where Brady would go if he came back, which is like never even a thing in sports. I never I couldn't I can't remember any other time in sports when an athlete retires and people are talking about where he would go. In under the circumstances, if he were to come back, I just don't remember that ever being a thing for anybody else. Uh, it was, it was just, it, yeah, it, it was just a very open-ended retirement type of thing. And then he apologized uh, on his podcast and everything. And yeah, it, it's just Adam Schefter is just he's just uh, lately he, he's just been having a bunch of social media flum. Yeah, flumbers. I mean, all, all he really had to tweet was um, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Dwayne Haskins. But instead, yeah. he tweeted uh, Dwayne Haskins, who was a breakout star at Ohio State, and then basically, I, this is not verbatim, but and then 
uh, struggled in the career falling off in Washington. Like it was a little weird. It was yeah, true. It would almost be like if one of us died and like, and then somebody like, we're not really public, like a football player is, but it would be like if like one of us died or something. And then they said, uh, graduated from, uh, you know, graduated from, you know, college and then struggled to find a job coming right. out of college or something. Like, right. it would be something yeah, like, that. Be like what? Right. It's, yeah, that's exactly what it'd be like. But yeah, like I said, he doesn't, he didn't really think like, he doesn't think about like the guy, the guy's dead. Like he, he, he thinks more yeah. of it in terms of like the tweet that he can make. Yeah. It was just, just a weird type of thing. Uh, so uh, Nets Cavs last night, uh, the playing game, I am pro playing game, but we can get into that a little later. Um, I think you're pl- pro playing game too. Um, yeah. So Nets Cavs, uh, the Kyrie went off. Uh, Kyrie went. Kyrie went nuts, and Durant was just double teamed the whole time. But for a guy double teamed, Durant was pretty incredible. Uh, the Cavs, though. Uh, but the important part is this: first of all, neither of us, both of us, hate the Nets. Both mm-hmm. of us do. Um, we're Nick fans, but we also had the Cavs plus nine and a half, which I had I eight and a half. Eight and a half. Okay, plus nine and a half. I had him, and. I actually considered cashing out that bet at the end of the first quarter if I had the chance because I thought that was just – I mean, the Cavs' defense looked like movie theater security at the time. But like, it was just – like, the difference between the Cavs in the first quarter and after the first quarter was just night and day from what they were – just from the way they were playing. I mean, in a weird way, this game never felt close. Like, I think the game was actually – not as close as the score would suggest, but I mean, I I would say that I would say probably wasn't as close as the score would suggest, but you know, you got to give the Cavs credit. I mean, they were, yeah. I mean, they they weren't supposed to win that game. The Nets are far more talented. I I mean, the, the Nets, I mean, Kyrie played great and, the Cavs were still able to keep it close, close enough to cover. No, they don't have Jared Allen. Yeah, and they don't have Jared Allen. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I agree. The Nets dominated, and it's sort of—I mean, that happens in the NBA all the time. And it's just cr- kind of crazy. Like 20, 20, 25 point leads aren't even safe in the NBA. No, um, no. anymore. Um, I would, um, I would uh, uh, criticize you for what you said, but I, I, I what did, did I say about that you were going to cash out your Nets bet? Uh, Cavs bet, but um, at halftime you said you were going to cash it out. No, I said uh, after the first quarter. Okay, I would criticize that, but I don't even know if I've told you this. But I had a Kansas money line bet that I cashed out at halftime of the national championship game. <laughs> you cashed it out at halftime when they were that down like thirty. Best... You didn't yeah. think like Hubert? You didn't think you actually thought UNC was going to win that at, at halftime? Yeah, they were killing them. Okay, I guess I'm. I feel like I guess I'm the only person. Yeah, so you actually cashed it, oh, but like, why would you criticize me wanting to like go cash out that bet after? Because the Cavs covered in the end. Oh yeah, but I didn't. The point is, I didn't. Right. Like, I considered it, and it would have been a bad decision. Right. So I'm saying, I understand. I didn't. Yeah. That's I why understand. it's important. Like the the important part is, but I did not do it. Right. Right. Well, I mean, that, that's like like twenty point leads are not even safe in the NBA, and the only reason it got sort of close was because they kind of sat. Irving and um, Durant for a lot of the minutes like that, that the Cavs kind of closed it down. The Steve Nash clearly thought the game was more over than it really was at the end of the first quarter. Uh, 
I mean, yeah, but it kind of was because once it sort of got anywhere near close, the, the Nets sort of just took over. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Nets, in a weird way, yeah, in a weird way, the Nets kind of turned on that switch that they had whenever the game got close. Yeah. But I think that if you were to tell Steve Nash that it was going to be as close as it was, I highly doubt he would have, I highly doubt they would have sat Durant and Irving as much as they did in the second quarter. Like, I, I think that it was just, they had so much confidence that they felt that they had to rest Durant and Irving starting well, yeah. in the second quarter. I mean, they also have to think about n- no matter what happened in the game, there's going to be another game. So if they won, they, w- they, w- they would go into the playoffs. If they lost, they would go into a- the next play-in. So whatever happened, they were going to, you know, it wasn't going to like the last game of the season. So they still need to sort of make right. sure that those they kind of need to, they feel the need to be smart about what they're doing. Right. Especially with Durant. Yeah, um, because he could like his leg could like snap in half. Right. The one thing I would say is that I, I hate the the thing I hate about the NBA rules is I think they should adopt the college one and one free throw rule. Like when you just automatically get two free throws, it sort of ends the game. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that on some level. I don't have a problem with the one and one. Um, I think that part of the reason why it makes it so interesting in college is because in college they're not as good at free throw shooters as they are in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Although in the NBA, it would be very interesting because there are some pretty terrible free throw shooters in the NBA, too. I mean, right. if you but put like, like Ben Simmons on the line or something, right. Dwight Howard in a one and one that would actually be pretty interesting. Uh, I think the NBA wouldn't do it. I think the NBA wouldn't do it because of the whole hack-a-shack thing. Right. They don't want players getting – they don't want guys who can't shoot free throws – getting hacked constantly, right. which I'm for. I mean, f- shooting a free throw should be the easiest thing to do in all of sports. Right. Like, it is it, – I mean, you're literally just standing on a line, nobody's guarding you, and you just have to get it into a hoop. Like, yeah, it's, so it's a pretty called, easy – it's called a free throw. <laughs> right. Like, for a professional athlete not to be able to make free throws is just so ridiculous to me. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, but that's the reason the NBA wouldn't do it, because they're afraid that a guy like Drummond or DeAndre Jordan – Right. Or Dwight Howard are going to get yeah. fouled at the yeah. end of the game, and knowing that it's a one and one, teams are going to be incentivized to do it. That's why I think the NBA, personally, I think the NBA wouldn't do it like that. Yeah, but uh, like if you watched last night, like they they would foul like not their own faults, Cleveland because the Nets ran a good play off the the inbound, but like they would foul Durant and Irving, like and, and as soon as they found, fouled Durant and Irving, you could have just given them the two points. Like yeah, that, that point. those guys are going to miss free. If Irving, uh, excuse me. Um, Durant missed one that then got called a lane violation on Rondo. So they didn't count that as a miss in the end, but uh, they did miss one. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like there's a couple of guys that are automatic. So that, I mean, that would be the Nets issue heading into Boston is if, if Ben Simmons plays, then you would probably like to foul Ben Simmons. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, So I I looked at some of uh, the NBA playoffs odds. Um, I'm sure you can guess who the number one team is. To win the title? Yeah. Suns. Yeah, by far. More than double. More than and double. Nets are second still, right? Or no. Bucks? The Bucks are second at plus 550. The Nets are plus 600. Okay. And the Celtics are plus 1,000. Despite mm. the fact that, they play that the Celtics are favored against the Nets. Well, then, but did you see what happened with the, that Celtics Nets series? No, what happened? They opened. They opened as the 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 Nets opened as the favorite, and then I guess people just bet the Celtics like crazy. 
that four and a half points that it's that it's that's for, for the first game, but to win the series. To win the series, okay. yeah. To win the series, the Nets opened up as the favorite to win the series, and then the Celtics. Like, people must have bet the Celtics like crazy because the Celtics are like minus one thirty to win the series right now. But um, yeah, so I think that Vegas initially opened it as the Nets. You know, Vegas has been hot on the Nets all year, even when the Nets were like possibly not even going to make the playoffs. They were still like the second best odds to win the championship. Oh yeah, they've been very hot because just because of the amount of talent that they have. Right. Um, I would. I personally would pick the Nets to beat the Celtics, uh, but, but I also want to uh, – so the Warriors, Celtics, and Heat are, are all at plus 1,000. Mm-hmm. They're all the same. Uh, and then the Grizzlies and Sixers are at the same odds, Yeah, which is surprising to me because the Sixers, I could see – I think the Sixers are one of the most talented teams left. I think they're a more talented team than, say, Boston is, but they're just – the cast of characters that they have – it doesn't take a sport, a basketball expert to predict that they would just implode in a really big spot. Well, people, I think people are, are hot on the Raptors beating them. That's like the, the upset pick of the Raptors beating them in a series. I kind of like that. I mean, too. the Raptors are way down. The Raptors are plus. Uh, I, yeah, but that's to win the championship. We're talking about this series. They're I know, but if it, no, what I'm saying, though, is that if the Raptors are that much lower, more than triple. No. Yeah. More than five times, actually, lower than what. Uh, than the Sixers odds. Uh, I mean, how much, uh, I, I mean, just because a lot of people are talking about that upset happening doesn't mean it's going to happen. Like, I, I don't agree, see the that's why. But I'm telling you why the, the Sixers number is lower than you would think it was. Why? Because they think the Raptors could beat them. Well, I don't think the Sixers number was lower. I think the Sixers number, I think that makes a little, little bit, of, in fact, if anything, I think it would be a little bit higher. I mean, plus 1200, it's not that much lower than, than Miami, uh, Boston or the Warriors, it's only a little bit lower. I mean, I, I, and by the way, I think the Sixers could beat Boston. Uh, well, I'm not saying play, I think they, they will. I think the conference finals, but um, it, in which case Robert Woods would be back. I love. The, I think the Celtics are gonna. I, I think the Celtics are a really good team. Uh, I, 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 I have them coming out of the East, um, but uh, they. If they can get past the Nets, the problem is that they have Robert Williams out. If they can get past the Nets, which I, I think they do, but um, if they get past the Nets, then they get Robert Williams back. Then I, I think that they come out of the East. Right, they're, they're a good team. I don't. I think they're a really good defensive team. They're one yes. of the best defensive teams we've seen in a long time. So I really like them on defense, and you can't discount that. Uh, so no, I, I don't. I don't doubt that at all. I'm not saying I think the Sixers are going to beat the Celtics if they play, but. Yeah. I think that if the Sixers play their best, have the series of uh, if like Embiid or Harden has a, a a career series, I think they could come. I think they can beat the Celtics. Uh, I I agree. I wanted to though point out one thing. If you were someone who liked the Nets, so if you remember the um, the uh, Ben Simmons when Ben Simmons went back to Philadelphia. Um, I mean, he didn't play in the game, but the Nets played at Philly maybe about a month and a half ago. And um, the atmosphere was crazy. And the Nets ended up winning the game by like close to 40, I think. And the reason was because Durant and Irving kind of loved that atmosphere, that playoff crazy atmosphere in the building. And it's going to be great atmosphere in Boston. Uh, So the thing I would say, if you like the Nets, is that those guys like to come up in a big spot. And this is as big a first round series as you could get. 
Yeah, yeah. They, they do come up. Yeah, like we were talking about with the whole switch thing, uh, turning on the switch. I mean, I have a lot of friends who are net fans, and they all think the Celtics are better. I think the Celtics are better too. But if you if Durant and Irving are good, then I don't think it matters if the Celtics are better. No, you're right. You're right. If they, you're right. The fact that Durant and Irving can just put on a show, which yeah. by the way we know throughout the history of the NBA that you know just being around recent years, you would know if you just have a couple star players, even if your team is weaker uh, cohesively, uh, you know, just as a team, the star players can just take over and it doesn't, and it won't necessarily matter if the Celtics have better defense. Uh, Also, I know we were talking about this. You were saying that you would rather that if you were a net fan, you would rather them lose yesterday to play Miami in the first round. Yeah. They have to win the next game too, but yeah. I thought about right, and then win the next round. But I thought about this for a second, and I actually kind of agree. Um, the thing is, the reason I agree is because, first of all, they would probably end up playing the Celtics anyway. So it's not because I would be trying to avoid the Celtics, but you might get Ben Simmons back for the second round. It's a lot less likely he's back for the first round. And beating Miami, I think Miami is a far more winnable series than yeah. the Celtics. Well, for, for a lot of reasons. One is that I think that the Celtics are a better team than the Heat. There's three reasons, I think. One is I think that the Celtics are a better team than the Heat. Second is that Heat, since they had an incident against in the game against the Warriors about a month ago, where Eric Spolstra and Udonis Haslam and Jimmy Butler got into a fight, uh, the Heat have been mediocre at best, and Spolstra hasn't coached a couple of games in that span. So I think they have some locker room issues. Uh, and the third one, and to me, maybe the most important, is that no offense to anyone in Miami, but there's not the same home court advantage for the Heat that the Celtics right. have. Right. No, you're right about that because you know being a sports fan in the North, sports in the Northeast is like religion. And you you like, might have you might have forty percent of the building in Miami rooting for the Nets. Yeah, a pretty large. I mean, let's say the Knicks played against Miami. Played in Miami in a playoff game. There'd be more Nick fans there. There, there, maybe. I mean, especially for for two reasons. First of all, Nick fans would travel. Second of all, a lot of people in Miami are New Yorkers, right? And they do, and they are Nick fans anyway. Right. So there's a bunch of Nick fans in Miami as it is. And you know, like like you said, like, like we've talked about this before, but you know, where the where there's a lot more to do, and where the weather is beautiful, and you know, you basically live in, live in a vacation spot. You, you, you know, sports is less important to that population, tends to be less important to that population than in a place like Boston or New York. Right. Well, it's, the, not, it's also not as big a market. But yeah. It, it, right. And then the other thing is, I mean, on the alternate side, the Nets are not a great home team. And you're going to just because Boston and New York are close and there's a lot of Boston people that live in New York, you're probably going to have a lot of Celtics fans in the building against the Nets. I mean, whenever you go to a, a if you ever go to a Boston team playing at New York, there's tons of fans of the other team. In the building. So but don't you think there would be some, how many net fans do you think would be in Boston? Do you think there'd be some of that too? And I, I don't think the Nets have a big fan base to be honest. They, they don't. That's the thing. I mean, if the Knicks played in Boston, a pretty, a pretty large percentage would be yeah. uh, of the crowd would be Nick fans. Yeah. But I, I yeah, I, so I, yeah, I, th- I think that he would have been a, be- a, a better matchup. I, I still think the Nets could win the series. I, I predict the Celtics will win the series. Though. Yeah. I don't, I don't get why Miami is, plus 
1,000 with the Warriors and Celtics. Like, I just don't see it. To me, I think it's probably because they have a really good regular season record. Right. And Vegas is higher on them for that. I, I don't know. if I think that if the Celtics were to play Miami, I, I mean – um. I mean, Miami were to play the Sixers. I think the Sixers would beat them. I'd have them. I have them right now. If I had to like re-rank the teams who could win the championship best, I would have them, or who could come out of the East best. I would have them fifth. I would have the Celtics, Nets, Bucks, and Sixers ahead of them. Right. No. No. Without question. I mean, I I don't have much doubt. I mean, the Bucks are the the Bucks and Nets are way ahead of Miami. Yeah, Miami is kind of like I don't think that the seeding of the regular season the standings going into the playoffs are necessarily indicative of who the best teams are. It's, it doesn't, some teams are better built for the regular season. Some teams don't care about the regular season when they're that good. Right. And then they, they turn it on come playoff time. Like to me, if you were to look at like, like there's almost no correlation between, or at least very little correlation between the best teams coming out, uh, the best teams uh, who uh, currently and right. the and where they are in the standings. I mean, there's a little bit of a correlation, the Suns right. and all that. But right. I mean, I don't think regular season record necessarily shows you how good of a team they are. Like like Atlanta, like the Atlanta Hawks seven years right. ago. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, they were the number record. one seed, but they were not the, the right. best team in the East. Not right. even close. I mean, there's exceptions to that too. Like when the Warriors were just so good, and they would be the one seed every year. But that was just because they were so so good. But um, yeah, the, the regular right. season doesn't always. Uh, correlate to no. but the thing is the interesting thing is i mean i'm a big now i think i think sports i think sports hat leagues have discovered two things just as businesses they've discovered two things they've discovered that gambling when gets them that gambling is profitable mm-hmm. which honestly i don't think they had to discover that it doesn't take a genius to figure that out and two that one and done play-in types of things when are a lot better for the league than a seven game series right in general um baseball did it with the wild card i love the wild card i think it's great for the sport uh and the nba is doing it with the playing game also great for the sport uh otherwise you would have these eight seeds playing the one seed in a seven game series it's a sweep or maybe a gentleman's sweep you don't need to play uh, and people feel like you know what i don't care about this game i don't need to see a seven game series between the Suns and um, say the Clippers this mm-hmm. year, potentially right. uh, to determine who the better team is. I don't need to see that, but, uh, but if you have a playing game between the Clippers and Minnesota, mm-hmm. which I'm, we're going to get into that is even though those, both those teams are basically mediocre this year, that's a far more exciting matchup than to see one team just pummel another one in a seven-game series. Right. It just feels like it's going on forever. Right, and it, and it adds uh, it adds juice to the regular season when you have two more teams that are playing for a playoff spot. Yeah. It, it's, well, and, and, and the other thing, I mean, I know that you were talking about one-game playoff, but another thing that you can mention is the NFL added the seventh playoff team, and it, with the seventh, the addition of the NFL's seventh playoff team, like, makes – the regular season so much better like now there's like every game a team could be in it teams are in it for like but that could have been said when there was a 12 team playoff game playoff too not like this you 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 have teams like you you have teams that are like could be four and seven stuff like that and they're still alive stuff like that but but like teams that are four and seven i mean there are always teams can always still be alive depending on what division you're in 
I mean, there's always some of that. Like, there's a lot of luck in the NFL when it comes to what teams go where. But the NFL, like, this year in the NFL, uh, who are the seven seeds? The Eagles and... Steelers. And Steelers. Okay. The Eagles and Steelers. They both stunk. Should we have seen Ben Roethlisberger for the final game of his career get pummeled? But I'm talking Kansas about the regular season. I'm not talking about when they got to the playoffs. Yeah, okay. In the regular season, it made more games intriguing. Okay. I think that's fair on some level. Um, I don't think it was good for the postseason, though. But okay. that's fair. That's that's. I think that's a fair point. Uh, I think this is very good for the regular season because the NBA regular season can be very boring at times, especially when your team stinks. Like, when your team's out of it, it is – like watching your team play can be like watching grass grow. Right. Like it is, it could like watching the Knicks this year was mind bogglingly boring. Right. Well, and, like, and, and the, yeah, I agree with that. So it added, like the MLB, it added, it added juice, the wild card game, because if, if you had two good teams, like say the Red Sox and the Yankees, or like the Giants and the Dodgers last year, no one would care about winning. They wouldn't care about winning the division as much because the wild card basically was in the same position as the division where playing a five game series, but now that you have to go to the wild card game, they play harder to win the division. Right. You know, it, it, was, win the division. it was very good, especially well, also with end of it. Yeah. It, I, it, no, that's true. Like the Yankees, Red Sox, it made it far more significant. Like, right. That's why I'm pro wild card. Uh, and, uh, or like the year when the Mets won, uh, made it to the world series. Right. They had a greater, like they couldn't even make the wild card. They had a better shot winning the division. If they didn't win the division, they wouldn't have made the wild card that year. So they had to win the division. That's another thing that the wild card, that the wild card does. Right. Um, so the, you know, I don't know if you knew this, but actually last night was game seven yes. of the NBA finals. Yes. Uh, th- this is Patrick Beverly after the game. Hey, when the beginning of the year, what I say? Hey, you know what I like about that clip? The fact that one of the fucks was bleeped out and then the next one they just let play. Was like one of them more explicit than the other? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that was, but obviously it was some meant something to Beverly. I mean, obviously he played for the Clippers for a, a decent amount of time. I will say, as much as we want to make fun of Patrick Beverly for this, I would rather have that than a guy who doesn't care. Which, yeah, on some level, we've seen with the Knicks a lot, of and course. I'm just like, I mean, first of all, I will say it's not that big of a deal if you beat the Clippers. Like, let's put it this way. Let's say they they win this game and then they they killed in the first round. Right. You would then look back at this and be like, yeah, whatever. We won that. But in the moment, that yeah. for a fan, that can feel amazing. Like you said, the Knicks, when the Knicks had that comeback win against Atlanta last year in the playoffs, I mean, looking back on it, it feels like I shouldn't be celebrating it because we were the we were the higher seeded team. Right. The, we were supposed to be a better team than my than Atlanta, and we needed a comeback win at home just to pull off a win. Like we basically stole that win against a team that we were supposed to be superior then. Like looking back on it, it feels fucking stupid that we celebrated it, but in the time at the time, it just felt amazing. Right. That's probably what Minnesota fans feel like. Well, but and and and, and uh, uh, um, if there was a case for any team to be a worse franchise in the NBA than the Knicks. The only other team that I think would be in the conversation is the Timberwolves. They, they haven't made the, they've been in the playoffs once in 20 years or something like that. 
So uh, the, I, I understand that it meant something to Beverly. And I mean, you watched you watched the game, right? Yes, not so, all, of it, but but they they were essentially playing without their best player. Towns picked up four fouls in the first half. He was three for eleven for the game. He was zero for seven yeah. in the first. And, and if you told if you told me before the game those stats, I would have said the Clippers would have killed them. So yeah, I, I would have told you that too. Um, it's also true that I enjoy, I think it's funny that Towns is like in there with them. Like that's like getting an A on a school project when you didn't do any of the work. Like that's what Towns is doing right there. Beverly shot two for eight as well, though. But yeah, yeah. Well. Well, the the real star of the game, and I don't want to be like Susan Waldman, star of the game, but the real star of the game was Anthony Edwards. Yes. And I like Anthony Edwards. I think he's a really good player, even though he doesn't know who A-Rod is, but I can forgive him for that. Uh, you know you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. I, I thought when you said the star of the game, I thought you were going to say the woman who glued herself to the... Well, I, we're going to get into that. She's the real star. Uh, <laughs> gave us another segment. Uh, so I basically... Um, hold on a second. I do have that clip right here here it is somebody has fallen a arena worker has fallen at the other end and you can see right now not sure if she fainted or fell but they are assisting her and out she goes (laughs) so basically she was protesting the owner of the – or one of the owners, not A-Rod, uh, the, one of the owners of the Timberwolves because uh, he killed chickens during a bird flu outbreak. Yeah. Um, I don't know about her, but the other – I might be the opposite because the other day when I went to work, I actually – I swear to God, I had a container of like six scrambled eggs and strips of chicken. Right. I guess I'm the opposite of her. That's how little I care about chickens. I'm just willing to wipe out generations. <laughs> That's how little I care about chickens. <laughs> well, I, I don't understand what what gluing yourself to something does either. They they've done that. There's there's been protests in uh, in England where they glue themselves to the ground and stuff. It just seems very weird. But like the glue doesn't even work. Like it, like if she really glued herself, it's not like they had to struggle to get her up. But the question that I have is, where is the security? Like, how is somebody able yeah. to just run onto the court? To me, that is – I mean, unless she had courtside seats. It's a, it seems like that happens quite often, though. It seems it's pretty easy. It probably is because security is like – there's a lot of security there, but the security is more there to get you off if you – to, like, you know, run at, run after you, tackle you, and get you off the court if you yeah. run on, as opposed to, like, putting up a wall to make sure nobody ever Yeah, I mean, you. if you want to get on, you could get on. If – yeah. If well, like I'm, I'm, like I'm going to the Yankee game later, if I wanted to, obviously I want to do this, but if I wanted to jump onto the field, you could get on. Like you, if you if you want to get on, you could get on. You you could be like bodysuit man, right? Exactly. <laughs> but you you could get on. But I just don't understand. But I think the funniest part was like how kind of anticlimactic it was. Like uh, when uh, Kevin Harlan like didn't really know what was going on, and then they just sort of like walked her away. It was like very anticlimactic. It was very anticlimactic. I think that some broadcasters are also very good in those moments. Right. But like guys with a lot of experience can do like a play by play of what happens, whereas yeah. others are like kind of sleep through it and like say, well, they're on the court and they're dragging her away. And it's like, right. like I think most people knew it was happening because of social media. Like, yeah. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been. Yeah. It wouldn't have been much of it. Like if this was the 1980s and somebody did that, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal because nobody would have seen it. But yeah, because of social media, I mean, anything could become a story. Any right. game can become a story if something like this happens. 
Right. If somebody like glues themselves to the floor. But like, I don't understand because it's like, what did the glue do? The, the attempt was that she was going to glue herself and then the, basically the game would have been delayed, I guess, for a long time. It takes a long time to get that done. But uh, but yeah, so it, I guess that was the, the, the thinking. I, so now we're not going to be allowed to bring glue into uh, games? No, I guess not. <laughs> That's... Yeah, uh, it would be like uh, like uh, like bringing a water bottle on, onto a plane. Like that's going to be the yeah. New thing I don't, I don't think they're gonna they they probably shouldn't sell uh, water bottles at TD Garden uh, for this. <laughs> yeah, it's a weapon of mass destruction. The water bottles. <laughs> uh, all right, so we have the parlay of the week. Mm-hmm. New parlay of the week this week. Uh, so I'll go to yours first. A very greasy parlay. Yeah, I right. have um, um, the Hawks to beat the Hornets, uh, Pelicans to beat the Spurs. Uh, neither of these teams should even be in this game. But uh, And then the Avalanche, who I believe are the best team in, the, in hockey, so I, I have them to win as well. Um, you actually bet on hockey? I do. I'm not very good at it, actually. It's probably my worst sport. Uh, golf, I think, is my worst betting sport. But uh, you can, how, how do you bet on golf? You bet people. You could bet anything. You bet people to win the tournament. You could bet people to finish top ten. You could bet. You could bet like when a guy's shooting to hit the hit the fairway, hit the green. You could bet anything. Yeah, that's correct. I don't like watch the, it. Um, I know Tiger Wood. Like, there's a whole big thing with uh, p- people are like all pretend. A, a, a lot of people are like rooting for Tiger Woods. I've never seen anybody's image make a comeback like Tiger Woods. Yeah, I've never seen that before. Right. Yeah, he, I agree. But, the thing is, a lot of his stuff was like self-inflicted, right? Like, like the whole accident thing. Obviously, thank God he's okay and all that. But it's not like he got hit by a drunk driver. Like he was, he the was driver. the drunk driver. He, he was, was the, the drunk driver. driver. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it, like to me, it's like okay, this is kind of your fault. It, that kind of, kind of, totally your fault. Yeah. So I just found that so strange to me that like he, like how much America is rooting for him in spite of the fact that the downfall was totally self-inflicted. Right. That, that to me was a little strange. It, it, uh, but other than that, I don't watch golf. I know you watch golf. I don't know how people like to watch golf. It is way too slow for me to sit there and watch. Uh, that being, I mean, that being said, I, I I mean, I watch baseball. It's not really much better, but it's, um, but yeah, so those I like those. I, I think that I mean the Spurs and the Pelicans both are like fourteen games under five hundred. So little, even though we just talked about how great the playing game is, it's a little ridiculous. That uh... I think the West is very much more so than the East. I think the East, the Eastern, the East is more interesting this year than the West. But I will say, the West is more. Even though the West is stronger, the West is more the haves and the have-nots. Right. Whereas the East top is heavy. more. Everybody's kind of in the middle. It's very top-heavy, but. The, like the Knicks would have been in by like three games into the play-in in the West. Yeah, the Knicks are like three games above of uh, San Antonio, so. which I never thought I'd live to see. I never thought that the Knicks would have a better shot at making the play-in in the or the playoffs in the West than in the East. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, if the Knicks were in that position, they would probably lose the play-in anyway. But either way, it would still be exciting. Yeah, I mean, it would still be more exciting to see the Knicks in the play-in. Um, so. You so why do you so you think Colorado Avalanche are the best team in hockey? I don't think they have the best record. Oh, they do. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, they 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 have they have the best record um, right now. I think they they're first, and then Carolina is second because Carolina beat the Rangers the other day. But um, yeah, so th- those would be my my teams right there. I think Atlanta does win, but I will say it would would be uh, it will be interesting if Atlanta plays um, Cleveland. I think that'd be a great matchup for the elimination game. Yeah, I, th- I think Cleveland and Charlotte's win. missing Gordon Hayward, so yeah. They, they they are. Um, so mine is hold on, I have it right here. Um No, that's yours. Yeah. All right, so I have uh the oh so Trey Young to hit over three and a half, uh so to hit four or more threes. Uh unless he's having a really off night, he should be able to do that. Uh San Antonio plus five and a half. I'll get into that. Memphis minus six and a half. The Sixers minus four and a half because, like I said, I'm really higher on the Sixers over Miami, and then the Bucks money line because the Toronto. Bucks that's the easiest one. Sixers I mean, are playing Toronto. That's what I said. You said you said you were hot on the Sixers over Miami. Oh, I meant to say Toronto. <laughs> wrong end of uh, r- r- wrong, wrong side round. of the country. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, no, Toronto. I meant. Um. So I took the Spurs. The reason I took the Spurs is because. They're really hot against. They've been really hot against the spread in their last. They've been nine one and one against the spread in the last eleven games. So the Spurs are really good against the spread. I don't think either of these teams are great. Um, I would also consider taking the under because the Pelicans have been are the second most under team. Yeah, Uh, they're one of they get they hit the um, they're very much an under team for some reason and. So with the Spurs, with them consistently covering, and it's five and a half, neither of these teams are great. There's no reason why a team like the Spurs couldn't cover five and a half. So I, I like I like the Spurs there. The other ones, uh, the other uh, the, the other picks kind of uh, speak for themselves. Like with, like the Sixers we talked about and the Bucks, yeah. and, you know, that's really obvious. Uh, and Trey Young, three and a half threes. I mean, that was minus like 130. So he should be able to, I mean, he should easily be able to cover that one. Um, So he needs to hit four. Right. He needs to hit four. You can't, because you can't hit half of a three. (laughs) Like it doesn't work that way. Um, So we have a new segment Yankee fan of the week, where we make fun of a Yankee fan every week or whenever we want to. Um, So this is the new guy. Yankee fan of the this is the the first Yankee fan of the week. <laughs> that so uh Yankee so that that guy was just did he like get up and just not put a shirt on? I, you're you're are you uh are you you're on you you think it's real? Like you think he's he's a real? I think he's like a. I I don't know. I I I'm on the fence of whether it's real or not. I think it's real. I I don't know. I I feel like this is like a, a it was a gimmick thing. I don't know if this is is real. I mean, obviously he's really there, but like, I do you think this is his real outfit? I I'm on the fence whether it's real. So or not. you're saying that you think that he went to the game for the purpose of being filmed? Right. I don't think that that's like his that that was like that he was like his legit outfit was going to be that, but. I could be wrong. I mean, you wouldn't put it past some. I wouldn't put it past somebody at Yankee Stadium. I would guess that maybe. 
okay, let's put it this way. I don't think that he got up and just didn't put a shirt on and then just went straight to the game. I think maybe he had a jersey over and then took the jersey off. Right. He felt hot or whatever. And then just walked around like that. I think that's more likely to be the case than that. He just didn't put a shirt on that morning. I mean, it was it was amazing to watch. It's very funny. It, I, I, it definitely could be real if you see some of the people at uh, Yankee State, like when they pan to the stands, some of the people that are in the stands at Yankee Stadium. It would be the same at the Mets if there was anyone in the stands. <laughs> but, uh, but they um, – there's just – there are just people there like uh, KFC Barstool on Twitter. He – likes to point out the, the fans that are in uh, that are in the stands that there's just people there are people that look like that certainly uh, not as over the top as that but it's not out of the realm of possibility where like yeah. if you were watching like a Minnesota Twins game you would be like this has to be like some sort of gimmick but but that yeah it's it's uh there's it, it's it's possible there was a uh Artie Lang used to have season tickets to the Yankees and uh he used to say that whenever Derek Jeter would come up a guy would would say uh do it for Ron Konkuma whenever Jeter would be up at bat. So do it for Ron Konkuma? Yeah, it's a town in Long Island. I, I know, but like, what does Derek Jeter have to do with Ron Konkuma? Exactly. So it's, th- but there's that type of people in the Yankees stands. I mean, the Yankee Stadium is crazy. Like, if you've ever been to like a, a big game there, it's certainly a good place to people watch because I have, but I went bankrupt. Um, right. <laughs> it is like, like, I think that paying for Yankee. Paying to go to Yankee games would be a worse financial burden than gambling. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how bet like that's how unbelievably expensive everything is. Like I if I were to go to a Yankee game, if I were to go to a game at Yankee Stadium, I would just eat like crazy beforehand so I don't have to pay for anything. Right. Like I would I will just walk in, watch the game, and then walk right out. Well, that's and- why like Billy's the bar outside the stadium, places like that exist. Like so you just drink before you even get in there. But yeah, you, you buy a beer, at and, and so people don't have to pay to go, and so people just watch the games without paying to get in. Right, but yeah, you buy you buy a a beer at Yankee Stadium, and you have to like take out a second mortgage. So yeah, it is the worst. It, it is the but, Yankee Stadium is the absolute worst. Parking horrible. Not just that, getting there. Like if you try getting to Yankee Stadium, there's traffic. It's terrible. You go through all these alternate routes, and then you find out this road is closed. Like they always close the roads for some reason and you can't get anywhere. It is the worst. And you can't park there. Like City Field, there's a parking lot there. Like you can't park at like there's no parking lot at Yankee Stadium. You have to park somewhere else. Yeah. I'll just say for for the people that live in the city, though, it's 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 not it's it's very optimally located. Both stadiums are. Both stadiums. Well, anything in the city other than Staten Island would be pretty optimally located if you yeah. live in the city. Uh, so I agree. In fact, even if you live in Jersey, Yankee Stadium is pretty optimally located. Oh, yeah. I don't care about that as much as I care about how easy it is to get there more right. than the distance. I mean, Nassau, the Nassau Coliseum is further, but it's very easy. Like, it's for the most part an easy drive. You just get, it's, it's pretty easy to get there. But in terms of, I mean, I, I, I go to a few baseball games a year. In terms of the stadiums, I definitely would take City Field over it. Um, Yes. I mean, just in terms of everything about it. But uh, yeah, and, and I honestly think they should have never gotten rid of the old Yankee Stadium. But um, I mean, it's it's uh, it's definitely a place where there's I mean, Yankee fans are definitely an interesting uh, breed. I think the most interesting sort of Yankee fans are guys that are like 10 years older than us. So or probably a little bit more than that, where they basically grew up like when they were kids, 
like their teenage years, they won like five championships in six years or something. And now they haven't won the championship in a while, which is pretty normal for most franchises, but they just like lose their minds every second. They were booing Aaron judge the other night. Like it's because he, he didn't sign the deal, even though, uh, what the Yankees did was actually better for the Yankees. They're better off the judge didn't sign the deal. Uh, right. Like the thing, the thing is, I talked about this before. I think that when it, guys, when athletes like hold out for more money, I think they look like clowns when they don't get it. But when they do get it, it's like, all right, well, somebody's willing to pay you. I mean, you don't, you're clearly worth that to somebody. So I can't get mad at you for that. Well, not only that, but you have him for another year. You, if you're going to resign him now, then you have him for the eight years. Let's see if he can get through a year. He hasn't done it yet. Well, I guess his rookie year he did it. But he hasn't done it yet where he's gone through a year without having a, an injury where he's out for a significant amount. Let's see if he can do that before we even re-sign him. So the Yankees gave him a pretty low offer. And then you're going to get you're, you're going to get Judge and um you're going to get Judge uh you know, see if he's healthy. See see if he can produce. You're going to get him basically in a contract year this year. And let's see if you can even make it to the World Series again. And then and then we'll negotiate. And Judge, Yankee fans are mad because Judge said, I'm going to be a free agent next year. If Judge said, I'm going to re-sign, he would take away all of his power to bargain for the deal. So, of course, right. he's not going to say, I'm re-signing next year. Right, obviously. No, nobody nobody in their right mind would. Um, so I do want to get into this Mets-Nationals brawl. Um, sort of a brawl. I don't know if it's really that much of a brawl. Um, hold on a second. Okay, here. Uh, here. We've been told this is a fluid bullpen. Oh my oh. God. Yesterday against the Nationals. It's Buck Showalter is immediately out. We talked about how this was a really tense game yesterday. And both dugouts are out there on the field. Dugouts have cleared. Bullpens are coming in. Yeah, I love fights in baseball. Uh, it, it, I think fights are great. for. Ba- I think fights in baseball are great. Yes. There's just more. I mean, you can't allow it all the time, but it's kind of it makes the game. It kind of makes it more fun. Yes. Although I, I don't think the I love the fact that Buck Showalter was the first one to come out, right? And like start yelling. Like, what is he going to do? Like, if there's an actual fight, like get in the middle of it. Yes, I, I think like baseball fights are great. I think the thing that I love about sort of these fights is that baseball is a sport that takes itself way, way, way too seriously, and they sort of get into fights over the craziest things. This wasn't like a, a crazy thing. The guy got hit in the face pretty badly, but uh, baseball takes itself way too seriously. And they come out and like, like this is like the second game of the season. They're out and they're like really into it. Intense, like fighting each other. It's amazing to watch baseball fights. Um, I think the funniest part of baseball fights is when the bullpen opens and the bullpen pitchers are, have to run like the length of the field to get. Into the <laughs> that's yeah, that's the best part. They like do sprints, and then like, what do they do? Yeah, well, like, like, remember, uh, there's a Gary. Like, if Sanchez. you really run like that, you better like you should at least throw some hands. I remember, like Gar- I think it was when the Yankees fought the Tigers a few years ago, and Gary Sanchez ran in like full catcher's equipment down the field, and then like nailed, like hit someone on the ground or something. Like it was, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Ba- baseball is also just takes itself way too seriously. Like what happened here was that the guy was probably annoyed that Lindor was bunting. Um, yeah. And even though it was a one-run game, and so he, he threw it at his face, takes away. That would, that would be like like uh, 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 being mad at like a player for taking like a certain shot in a close basketball game. Like it's part of the yeah. game. You could do it. Um, they don't bunt anymore, unfortunately, but 
he was doing it. The, the pitcher got annoyed. Again, they, they take it way too seriously. They have too many unwritten rules. And it's pretty funny when they just sort of turn into a full brawl. Even And brawl, by the way, like a lot of it is just like screaming at each other. Like you yeah. said, Sean Walter. And I think it's underrated how hysterical it is that the coaches in baseball are in the full uniform. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like imagine, imagine like, like, uh, like imagine like Nick Saban being in like full like jerseys and, and stuff. Like it'd be very funny. Or like, or like um, Tom Thibodeau being in like, like a wearing a Knicks jersey. Right. Yeah. It's the only, yeah. If you think about it, it's the only sport where, where the, where the coach yeah. is like, in the in world. Full, like he's like, he's ready to go in the game. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we all saw the K-Rod broadcast. Um, in other words, um, a rip off of the Manning cast. Uh, and so I, I just wanted to show this. Hold on. Let me just. The guy said, I would rather jump head first into a bathtub with a toaster than watch 10 seconds of this. Uh, <laughs> I I think that what's funny about the whole K-Rod broadcasting is like, unlike the Manning cast, which has like, a, which has players who otherwise didn't do broadcasts. The, pro, the thing with the K-Rod cast is K is the voice of the Yankees. Doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose? It defeats oh. the two things that I think about the Manning cast is one, you never really see the Mannings talk about football before never. this. Like now, now it's kind of gone crazy. Like I feel like the Mannings are in every commercial, but before that they sort of were, you know, more out of the big, pu- bigger public eye. And so you sort of get to see them talk about football, stuff like that, where like, you're right. Michael K calls 162 games a year. A rods on Fox sports every day. So I already hear their analysis, but um, I, so I, I don't really understand this. The other thing is I don't like that. I mean, I understand that it's baseball is very regionalized, but ESPN brought on Michael K, a rod and David Cohn for their Sunday night telecasts who are all three Yankee guys. So it just sort yeah. of defeats it. I will say that the one thing that would have gotten me to love this, love this, um, thing and would have shown what a sense of humor ESPN and these guys had would have been if the first guest was Ben Affleck. I think that would have been hysterical. Yeah, and like they didn't tell A Rod, that would have been pretty amazing. That would have been amazing. That Especially, I would have, I would have watched, I would have watched that. Without, World Class Yankees too, so yeah. they could have gotten, they could have played with that. That would but, have been pretty incredible. <laughs> and I, I also think it's funny, like that, that, that. Uh, I mean, I don't care. But I don't care about steroids personally. But baseball is like so uptight about steroids. And on the K Rod, they had A Rod interviewing David Ortiz and Roger Clemens, all three guys who have been implicated in steroids. So, yeah, I mean, it's okay. true. Um, so I don't know if you saw this, but Leon Rose finally came out of his cave. He kind finally of. came out of hiding. Kind uh, of. He hasn't talked to the media since before the season so he only so basically when the season's good he's talks to the media all the time right the season doesn't go well he doesn't talk for the entirety of the season right or or have any level of accountability this time he just came out and really didn't say much of anything other than that he was a little bit disappointed in the season i don't know if you saw his interview with um mike breen yeah but he doesn't I, i did but he doesn't say much of anything ever he said he, basically his statement after the basically his statement after the Kemba Walker thing was we support the decision of the coaches and we're we're helping uh, progress Kemba like there was no even though the Kemba Walker thing wasn't probably Thibodeau's idea like probably, probably came well, from the front office probably not because knowing Thibodeau he played him a lot before right 
he seemed to be pro Kemba Walker. So I don't understand. It was probably Leon Rose's idea. And he still hasn't come up with an explanation for why. Right, but so it's easy. It's easy. If you look at like the narratives, especially on Twitter, but especially, you know, around the fan base, when Kemba Walker wasn't playing or stuff like this, then they could say, and again, like I, I think Thibodeau should be fired, but they would say, you know, it's Thibodeau's fault. So it's easy for them so, sort of to not make a, a statement and then sort of let Thibodeau take a hundred percent of the blame. But do you think they're going to fire Thibodeau? I do. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's probably the right move. I think it's probably the right move. I just, I'm not convinced they're going to do it though. I mean, how many, how many, I, I know we said that it's not safe leads in the NBA, but how many leads are they going to blow? Were they going to blow of 20 plus points? They did it twice to the nets in like a month. No, no, I'm not saying I'm against firing Thibodeau, but I have a feeling that if they were going to fire him, they would have done it already. You don't think they would have done it already? I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's like I thought that they were going to fire him as soon as the season ended. I don't think it's like the NFL. I think that the NBA, they fire coaches whenever. And remember, like, remember, like the Grizzlies were having a, I think the Grizzlies were having like a decent season and they, they fired like David Fisdale, like in October. So like the NBA fires coaches whenever. That's true. There is some truth to that. All right. I, thank I, you. Everybody for, Google, but... Yeah. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you. Um, we'll be back next week. Um, enjoy your week, everybody.